Good evening, saints of the living God. Tonight is May 11, 2023, and the title of tonight's message is Tikkun Alam, Part 2. Part dear. Part dos. We're going to begin our time tonight with a question. Y'all going to talk back to us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you love him? Yeah. I mean, saints, do you love him? Yeah. We know you do because you're practicing righteousness. Do you remember what that makes you? Oh, say it again. Righteous. righteous as he is righteous. Were you inspired after Sunday to go out and practice righteousness? Or in another term, practice your fundamentals with a new vigor? Yeah, we know you were. Some of you were even baptized as a declaration of war. Someone say, hallelujah. hallelujah. This is what the scripture says about you and for you. Let's go to 1 John 5, 3 through 4, in the swish. For this is, love, is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments do not weigh us down. Because everyone who has been fathered by God. Have you been fathered by God? Yeah. Everyone who has been fathered by God conquers the world. This is the conquering power that has conquered the world, our faith. So again, have you been fathered by God? Then you possess the conquering power that is given to you by your father through his Messiah. You possess the conquering power in the world that is your faith. By your faith in, in Messiah and in the father, you're being driven along. Us in this body, we, you, my family, we are being driven along by the faith we have in Jesus Christ. And that is causing us to conquer in every area of practice. Amen. Revelation 5.5 5 says, And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Come on. the root of David, has conquered, so that you can open the scroll and its seven seals. Come on. The weeping is behind us, saints. Say, the weeping is behind us. The weeping is behind you, saints of the living God, because he has conquered. Come on. The weeping about that current status of things in a moment is over. Over. Say over. Over. Behold, he has conquered. He. By him conquering, he broke open the way for you to conquer, saints. We conquer because he conquered. Yeah, you know, 1 John 5, 5 in the swish, again, the NET says, now, now who is the person that has conquered, has conquered, past tense, except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe in him? Yeah. Have, have you placed your faith in him? Yeah. You have conquered the world. Revelation 12, 11, if you, if you want to have some fun for your own edification, go and just go and do a word study of the word conquered in the ESV, in Revelation, you'll see a story that we're trying to tell you tonight. And they have conquered, this is Revelation 12, 11, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Who conquered? Who conquered? Who is the they? You. But in Revelation, it could also be considered 
the future saints that have, have not been born yet. But who is going to bring them about? Who is going to raise? Exactly. You are. See, your generations, your progenitry, the saints that are going to come from this body, they're going to be the ones that overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That's because they have a heritage. They've seen somebody do this again and again and again throughout their generations, and it's starting with you right now. See, because he has conquered, because he was able to shed his blood and provide uh, forgiveness for our sins, you can conquer and you have conquered and your generations will conquer. Revelation 21.7. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. You see the progression through the book of Revelation, saints? He grants us the right to conquer just as he has. Hebrews 12.2 says, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. He began it by conquering by his own blood, initiated our conquest when we submitted to his rule, and is now perfecting our faith as we are conquering by practicing our fundamentals. What are we doing? Praise God that he allows us to be tested that we might be conquerors with him. We don't want to be sitting on the sidelines, saints. No. No. We want to be in the game. Exactly. We want to be where he is. We want to follow in the same footsteps, and he is good to us to allow us. Exodus 11, God allowed the slavery in Egypt that his children might become conquerors with him. Yeah. In 1 Samuel 16, God allowed David to be in Saul's uh, service to test him. And in Acts 12, like we just heard on Tuesday, God allowed Peter to go to prison to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers to be bound by two chains so that God could show the church that their prayers are powerful and effective. And that they might know that the Lord opens up iron gates. See, he allows us to be put in situations every day. Every day where we get to conquer. It's like he, he's feeding us uh, bits and kibbles of his will. He puts situations in front of us every day so that we might conquer by practicing the fundamentals that he's given us. Man, that gives purpose and life to every day. Because every day, I get to become a little more like him. See, I've already been called by his name. You've already been called by his name. But he gives you the opportunity. He allows you to conquer just as he conquered. And how do we do that again? By practicing our fundamentals. Just making sure you're tracking. All right, let's get the first slide. See, we're in an ongoing process of conquering. We're in an ongoing process of practicing righteousness, of putting into practice our fundamentals. Would you agree? See, this process is one where you have been taught the truths of God's word. You've been taught the the fundamental truths about God's word and how to enact them in your daily life. See, you haven't just been taught the truths so they can sit on a shelf. You've been taught the truths, and you've been shown a way of life so that you enact these truths in your life, and they produce change on the earth. You have the fundamental practices of the daily implementation of using stones. Come on. Have you been using your stones in a new, more invigorated way this week? Come on. You have the daily implementation of walking out, putting into practice the revelation that comes from the Securing Singles teaching. Amen? Oh, singles, come on, man. Help me out. Singles, can you say amen? Amen. You get to put it into practice every day, and you conquer errant thoughts. 
you have the daily implementation of marriage enrichment. Are your marriages being enriched? It's because it is because you're putting the fundamental practices into practice. You have the daily implementation of perfecting your parenting. Can I get an amen for perfecting parenting? How many of you, which is all, would be lost if we did not have the words instruction to us about how we raise up godly offspring? How we raise up not children, but how we raise up adults, men and women of God, and through that process, we grow in our faith. We per- we, we're personally putting that one into practice. You also have the daily implementation of your family banner. You get to walk that out every day. You get to put it into practice every day. Now, we don't have time. Pastor Payton, we don't have time to talk about the rest of the, th- the fundamental practices that you've been given. Maybe practicing transparency as you're in your team meetings, giving life, life-giving prophetic speech. But the truth is, is that by faith, say by faith, and by practicing righteousness, you have an answer for anything that can be thrown your way. Look at this slide again. My walk started right about where Steve Thomas was sitting. The day I got born again, the Lord says, hey, get up and move. Like literally, go to the, go to the altar. And I wrestled, I, I struggled with, man, what, what do I do on year three? What do I do, do on day 52? The Lord says, hey, son, don't worry about that. You get up and do the next thing that I've called you to do. And that's produced a walk of obedience, and it's produced some pretty supernatural things. See, my walk did not start in my own strength. It began by faith, that I could believe that God actually wants to save me. He wants to, he wants to cleanse me. He wants to empower me. That's where my walk started, and it's where your walk started. So when we talk about practicing fundamentals, we're not switching to some works-based faith where we, okay, we do everything we can do. We're going to just throw all our strength at it. No, we are going to do that, but we're going to do that by faith. We're going to do that believing that, hey, God, I'm going to give you everything that I have and know that it's you that has to work in me to produce the right things. See, this practicing of fundamentals, it starts by faith. How many of you, because y'all, we family, how many of you, when we talked about practicing fundamentals, maybe you, it started to be a little daunting, right? Like, oh, man, I got all these things I need to go back and redo. Amen, Rob. Come on, Pastor Peyton. No, it started with faith. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. It started with faith, and it's going to continue by faith. So we begin this walk of practicing our fundamentals by faith. Can I share with you guys an encouragement? that the Lord share with me. Hebrews 12, verses 4 through 5. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Man, that was an encouraging word from the Lord to me this week as I considered the status of my fundamentals. Of, hey, where are we with actually doing these things? Not just knowing them, not having them on the card, but where are we with actually putting these things into practice. You know what the Lord shared with me? Hey, you got more to go. That's encouraging. You're not finished yet. There is more that's available to you that's on the table, and I'm causing you to rise up and go after it. There is more that's available to us, saints. We get to uh, expend ourselves. We get to put, our, put these things into practice that the Lord might come in and encourage us as sons. Verse 5. 
and you've forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Do not lose heart. Don't lose heart because there's more to go. That's encouraging. There's more that we can actually be living in that we're currently not, but the Lord is causing us to rise up so that we can actually put these things into practice. All right, we have another slide for you. So we're furthering this along. Yeah. We know it's initiated by, by faith. And what my brother said was so true. It's so easy for us as very mature, uh, scholarly, educated men and women of God. But to actually remember that God wants to help us. He loves us. Yeah. He's yeah. not trying to beat us into the ground. He's not trying to crush us with his thumb. He's trying to help us. Yeah. I'm that's encouraging to me. I already. I, he is. <laughs> it's so good. You think you got here without his help? Yeah. <laughs> no, he started it. Yeah. And he's continuing it in you. Yeah. So as we see, we're mastering these fundamentals. Yeah. But that little missing piece that we had there was this uh, this aspect of comfort. Yeah. Go back to that last slide. We already spilled the beans. Man, what's that one thing in between us and getting to the limits of our ability? Hey. It's comfort. So we're going to address that here in a moment about comfort. But we're going to get into this mastering of the fundamentals as we began that walk with faith and as we're getting to the limits of our ability. Yeah. See, half the time, what we've been talking about in the Southern home is that we get up to the limits of our comfort. And we're like, all right, Lord, I'm maxed out. That's all I got. That's it. Lord, I, I am to the end of my ability. Will you help me? And the Lord's encouraged us like, no, no. You've not resisted yet to the point of shedding your blood. You've not put this marriage teaching into practice to the point that it's like you're shedding blood. No, we still have to go back and do love languages. We still have to go back and actually practice Abigail's in the balls the right way, right? We are, we are pressing through our comfort zone. We're pressing through the place that we want to stop to actually get to the limits of our ability. That's what we want to get to and beyond. And that begins with those mastering of those fundamentals. Yeah. That word mastering, right? In education, anybody teacher in here? Was a teacher in here? Yeah, okay. The term of mastering is a, is a step that's, that's given. It's a progression, right? Uh, you start with a skill. So for PE, clearly the PE guy here, um, it would start with like a kindergarten kid learning, learning to catch a ball. And how that would work is they would toss it up in the air, it would bounce once on the ground, and they'd catch it very safe and easy way, a practical way for them to do that. By the time they got to second grade, it's now working into tossing with a partner back and forth, a much more dynamic, they're not in control of the ball coming towards them as much. There's progressions that you master one thing into the next. And then it progresses from, that's an easier skill. Then you progress to third, fourth grade, and you're having to move and catch. And then you progress to fifth grade, and you're moving and catching while playing a game, and other people are around you. Those are all a progression, but you begin to master each step, and you keep progressing. One of the things that I was thinking about in this, this realm of mastery and in education was those tiers and how you reach one to the next. And one of the things that I practically have been, am going to be putting into practice is the introduction of stones for my sons. The way that I'm going to do that is very much like I just laid out for you guys. The mastery. We're going to start at the basics. Teachers, teacher. Yeah. 
can have three stones. So Samson, pay attention. Lincoln, you as well. Three stones that they are going to go to every day. Very easy. Three. Three is a good number between life and death. It's probably a good place to start. That's going to turn into searching the scriptures for stones for themselves. As they read the word, they're going to see and they're going to be impacted by what the word is saying to them. Then they will take that practice and make it their own. Then it's going to turn into searching the scriptures for stones that combat their Nabal, which is something we all know how to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Then that's going to go to implementing those scriptures when they are not in right order with God. A practical approach of a mastery from one thing moving to the next thing. But these things need to be put in place. They need to happen. And we're all doing this. And this is just me and my wrestling. That was something that we are going to do. And we're going to be putting this practice because we're recognizing what, how important the mastery of these skills are. The fundamentals. You guys have time for another, something else? Yep. Something else. Because we're not done with sports analogies, right? Say, say no, please, for my sake, because I'm, I'm going to bring one to you, okay? Think about a basketball analogy. A bunch of hoopers in here. I'm going to do lefties. Yeah, the swish. I've played basketball for much of my life. Right now, I have not played so much. Putting on a little bit of the old LBs. Now, if I were to decide to go play basketball, I could walk over into a YMCA gym, rec gym, whatever. I could pick up, and I can get by with my past successes of basketball, my past experiences. I can get by. Might blow a tire or two, but I'll get by. That's right. Now, on the other side of that, what if I had a goal of actually going to play basketball again? and get into a league or anything else. And I began to go to the courts and start to shoot a little bit, right? Take like a two dribbles off the elbow, jumper. Go to the right side, two dribbles, jumper. 15, 20 shots of that, move to another spot. Well, then I'm putting into practice some fundamental skills that will translate and make me better when I go to play in that rec game. You guys agree? Yeah. Makes sense, right? Okay. Practically how that looks for me is... When I'm having, when Lincoln is, uh, I'm going to throw Lincoln out here again. He's a strong, silent type. He, uh, whenever there's, a, there's a, a, something that arises that needs addressing in my son, right? I'm learning. I'm a man of God that is ready to confront that and make that back in right order. What can happen very often, though, is just like the analogy I gave you about basketball, I can rely on some past successes, some previous things I've already done before that maybe not actually confront the issue, but just kind of make it better, right? And I'm leaving my son at a disservice because I'm not actually going far enough. I'm just relying on those past experiences. So with that in mind, we have a scripture for you that Justin's going to read about these past experiences. Judges 16, 20 through 21. She said, the Philistines are here, Samson. He woke up and thought, I will do as I did before and shake myself free. But he did not realize that the Lord had left him. That's some past experiences. They can get you in trouble, clearly, like we just saw. Now, when, when I'm thinking about that situation, I'm putting into practice the mastery of parenting. My son's in the judge's stage. 
So Lincoln is in the judges stage. So when he has an issue, that's right, when he has an issue and he is in rebellion, I need to walk him through to the state where he is at a reckoning of what is actually happening. There's consequences that are there. I have to bring those consequences to light so he comes to a reckoning of that in his life. Then I have to walk him to repentance. And after repentance, we come to restoration where we celebrate the victory that we had because we are mastering the skill. It's not relying on a past experience, but now actually putting into practice that mastery so when those issues come up, I don't even have to think twice about it. I already know what needs to be done. Addressing it, changing his heart, repentance, back into restoration, and we celebrate. And we have victory more and more every single day because of that practice. Is that encouraging? Adam just walked us through a practical way of how we master the fundamentals of our parenting teaching. Now, I saw like a little, a little deflate happen when we, when we read that the, the Lord had left him. The Lord hasn't left you, saints. That's not, we, that's not why we read that passage. No. While we read that passage, because the Lord is encouraging our body that, hey, you have more to put into practice. Oh, come on. You have the words of life. You have the fundamental practices that when you do them, they will produce restoration. Restoration in your marriages. Restoration in your team. Restoration in the, in your, uh, the world at large. Say it like that. Restoration in the world at large. large. That is what the Lord is training us for, Adam. And we are being trained. So with that in mind, we're going to go to 2 Samuel 22, verse 35. In the CJB. says, he trains my hands for war until my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Come on, there's some good training moments that the Lord is putting us in because he's a good father. Until my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Those training moments he's putting us in are good because it is equipping us to be able to do something, saints. We need the practice. We need the reps. We need, we need to go through that constantly. And God's good to put us there because he is training us. Because we're warriors. Yeah. Because he has an end goal in mind. Yeah. And he wants a return on his investment. And he is good to put us in that situation so that we have the opportunity to grow. We have the opportunity to be strong, capable men and women of God who are not afraid of any situation that come up. Are you encouraged by that passage? He's training you until your arms can bend a bow of bronze. You're reading on the screen, on the, on the screen here in the NIV, he trains me so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. It's, it's a little bit of and of both. It's kind of like Psalm 37.3. Is it the man who's delighting in the Lord or is it the Lord who's delighting in the man? Yes. He is the one who is strengthening your hands to bend that bow of bronze, but the way that he's doing that is that you are able to put into practice the fundamentals so that you can bend a bronze. That is exciting. Are you filled with hope because of that? So how do we define capacity? That's a great question. <laughs> what is the reason for the labor we put in to understand it? Another good question. Somebody made these good questions. Is it not so we can know, is it not, is it not so we can know our limits? 
We want to know the limits. Yeah, he's training us to find our limits. Yes. The answer to the first question of how to define capacity, it is quite simple. This is a question that can be answered with another question. Sounds like Paul. How much do you have to pour out before you're emptied of your own strength, your own ability, revelation, and reach max capacity? Put simply, how much do you have in your tank? Come on. How much do you have in your tank? We're going to find out. When we ask you why it is important that you find out the limits of your capacity, this question can be answered with a bold proclamation of truth. So go with us to Colossians 1.29. Here is our bold proclamation. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works within me. I'm going to read that again. To this end that I labor, like looking for the limits of my ability, struggling with all his energy, because it started by faith and it continues by faith, which so powerfully works in me. It is when men reach their mental and physical limits that they lose the will to depend on themselves. Praise God for my faithful father bringing me to the end of my ability, not the end of my comforts, but the end of my ability so that I lose the will to depend on, sal- depend on the salvation that I can bring with my right arm. Praise God for that. He's doing that so that we could depend on a greater source of strength. Such souls have found the secret to tapping into Adonai's limitless power. Say limitless power. Thus, they can define where their capacity ends and where the Lord's limitless capacity begins. Where I've reached the end of my strength, but I have not stopped there, and I have tapped into a limitless strength of power, I now know the limit of that, of that one. I know now, now know the limits of my ability in the area because I have done everything that I can do. I have done everything to stand, and I'm still standing. And it's the Lord who is strengthening me so I can stand. The greatest men in history like Moses, Samson, David, Ezra, Nehemiah, Peter, and Paul, all perform supernatural deeds, and they have been held in high regard by those who read about their work. Read about their works. Do you hold those men in high regards? I know you do. But the truth about their deeds is that we often forget that none of those miracles were really performed by them. Performed by them. When Moses split the Red Sea, that's how we say it. Did he actually split the Red Sea? When Ezra and Nehemiah orchestrated the rebuilding of the wall, did they actually do it? Was it was it? their own strength, their own ability, or was there God working in them to cause them to do supernatural deeds? Yes. These men who are just like you, just like you, just like us, we were just vessels. We're just vessels that have been emptied of their capacity and tapped into the limitless power of Adonai. It was the Father who was performing the miraculous works It was his will to strengthen these men as they depended on him for their strength. So let's let's turn to 2 Samuel 22 with that thought in mind. So we want to make this plain as we go to 2 Samuel 22. It is the Lord's will. It is his desire to help you. It's his desire to strengthen you. It's his desire to strengthen you, amen? 
through your ability because you, by faith, have began the process that he initiated. And by faith, you are continuing to put those fundamentals into practice. And you're doing it every day. And you're doing it every day. And you're separating how you feel from putting it into practice. And you're doing it every day. And then when you get to the point where, Lord, I have literally reached the end of my ability, he is there to fill you with limitless strength. Come on. Yeah. Second Samuel 22, picking up in verse 35. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend even the strongest bow. You give me your protective shield. Your willingness to enable me helps me to prevail. You widen my path. My feet do not slip. Church, do you see it? He trains your hands for battle. Who gave you the fundamental practices? Who, who orchestrated the way of life that we might follow so that we could put it into practice? He did. He is training you. He is giving you his shield. His willingness is what enables you to prevail. And that's something that, that has been striking us at the heart. At the heart. His willingness is what enables you to prevail. Come on, Cody. His willingness to help you is what enables you to prevail. Brandon, his willingness to help you is what enables you to prevail. We put the fundamental practice in, in order. We enact it. We put, we put the fundamental practice into practice. And his willingness is what actually fills us and helps us to overcome in all those areas. The clear import of this passage is that the man is only made strong because he has no capacity left to make himself strong. As he looks to the one who possesses limitless power, he begins to see his capacity for battle increase. His arms get stronger. He is protected on all sides. And he is able to prevail despite overwhelming odds. The man has come to the realization that when he relies on his own ability, his path feels more like a tightrope. Is that true? When, you re when, when I rely on my own ability, right, it, when I stop at my comfort, my, that, that comfort zone, when I stop there, it feels like a tightrope. But that's not what God has for us. He has more for us. But with the Lord, his path is widened like the highway of holiness, and he knows that his feet will not slip because his balance is no longer bowed, bound to the powers of this world. His balance is connected to the one who strengthens him. Ask yourself, church, what is the real source of strength in your day? Was it just you and your abilities alone? Only the Lord? Maybe a mixture of both. Most of us fall into the latter category. But don't despair for a moment. The reason that it is being brought up is because despite our momentary complacency, Adonai is expanding our ultimate capacity. He is expanding the capacity that we have so that we might break it to supernatural works. Yeah. To see some more of this, let's go to Isaiah 50, verse 4. It says, the sovereign Lord has given me the capacity to be his spokesman so that I know how to help the weary. He wakes me up every morning. He makes me alert so I can listen attentively as disciples do. The sovereign Lord has spoken to me clearly. I have not rebelled. I have not turned back. The capacity, church, comes from the Lord because the Lord wants to use us to sustain or help the weary. 
We are God's handiwork, yes. created in Christ Jesus for good works, Ephesians 2.10. He has plans for us. He wants to give us the capacity. He wants to increase in us as we look to him. We asked a question earlier. How do we define our capacity? We don't. Come on. Our capacity is the Lord's limitless strength. Our capacity is the Lord's limitless strength. We do not define, we do not define the capacity. It is undefinable. So we've all tried to define our own capacity. I, I, can, I can do this much and this, I, past that, I can't. No, that was comfort. I can do this much, but past that, I, I, I literally cannot keep going. Well, you can't keep going in your own strength. But when you do get to that point, his limitless strength enables you. So no longer, from this day forward, do we define what we can do. Come on. Like our limits. Yeah. You don't define your capacity. The, Lord limit, the Lord's limitless strength is what defines your capacity. Yeah. When we come to the end of ourselves and our strength, we begin to fully walk in the maturity and the design of God to utilize the gift that he's given us. We have a good father who gives good gifts and is securing us as sons as we look to him and in faith walk toward the unknown, out of control, out of our ability realm, and grab hold of the supernatural power, the power that can do all things. Say all things. All things. That is the direction that we're headed. We're moving into the power that just like the, the, like the first century church, we're moving in the realm where we're, we're getting to the limits, the end of our ability. And he is filling us with limitless strength so that we can do all things. Did you guess the last part? We have not rebelled. By last part, I mean verse 5 of Isaiah 50, verse 4. The sovereign Lord has spoken to me clearly. Has the Lord spoken to you clearly? Yes. About the fundamental practices that you, you are being encouraged to, to go into? Yes. He's spoken to you clearly. And you have not rebelled. You have not turned back. You are not devious. You are those, you, you're not those who look for more ways to sin. You are righteous. You are struggling in the practice of righteousness. And because that, you can know that his limitless strength will enable you. It will empower you. It will drive you forward past what you thought you could do. We have one more slide for you. Come on. We're hitting, we're hitting full stride right here. Okay? His, limitless, his limitless strength leads to tikkun alam. For us to restore order. Did you catch that? All of these, all these different scriptures that we're sharing out of 2 Samuel, out of uh, Isaiah 50. What is the reason for that limitless power when we reach that end. Is it just for us? Is it just for you? It's to bring order. Yeah. In order for other people, whether it's our families, our brothers here, our body, or whether it's for those out in the world who do not know yet, we have a call by God to subdue, to bring things into order. And that's exactly what we're doing. Consider the quintessential Hall of Faith passage, Hebrews 11. And what more shall I say? I do not have time 
to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses were turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign enemies, foreign armies. These men performed way beyond the natural capacity of normal men, because they reached the end of the human capability and operated in the limitless capacity of the God of Israel. The Hebrew writer nuances this passage in a way that will encourage you as you stretch out to do the greater works that Jesus promised to us. In verse 32, you can see the author of Hebrews is writing feverishly to document what Adonai did through these men of faith. He apparently came to the end of his writing capacity because he says, I do not have time to tell. That is because the grace of God moving through your hands and feet will leave a limitless testimony of supernatural works that will be too numerous to be documented or recount at the end of your life. That's good news, church. We have a Father who is helping us in this. Limitless things. There is no, there is no stopping to the potential of the capacity of our King. There's no limit. There's no ceiling. There's nothing that can contain him. And that's who we have. That's what we have. How do we respond to such a truth? We must strive for the end of ourselves to reach the point where all that is left is the image of Christ radiating outward to change the world for the sake of his glory. This is a daily fundamental of our faith that we should aim at every day we wake up. It is a kind of like a mini revival every time your feet hit the floor. The journey with the Lord that expands your capacity will cost you your life, but its return is limitless for both you and those you will impact by your witness. So let's go ahead and practice that. Stand to your feet. Let's practice a little mini revival. See, the truth about you just like the truth about the saints in Hebrews 11, is that you're human beings. They were human beings. But you know what's also true? You're not normal. (laughs) You people are not normal. Some might even call you weird, but you're not normal. You're not normal because your strength does not stop at at the end of your ability. See, for somebody else, maybe out in the world, Their strength stops at their ability, but yours does not. You are not normal. You have a limitless supply of strength that's available to you. So as you practice the fundamentals, whether it feels like it's it's producing something or not, there is something that is working inside you that is drawing out of you supernatural things. There is something that is leading you to the heavenly. There is something that is leading you to the divine. And as you practice those uh, those fundamentals, and you let the Lord decide what your, capa- your, your, your capacity is, he will come in and strengthen us, church. And like Adam said, we have to have this attitude. I will do- I'm willing to die for this. I'm willing to die to the point that I put this into practice. I'm willing to go to the outer bounds of my limits, of my capabilities, so that I can move this rock that God is calling me to move. 
That is the attitude that we get to have. Let's remind you of what Charles Finney said to further inspire you this evening. Revival comes from heaven when heroic souls, and you are those heroic souls. Put yourself in this story right now. He's talking about you. Revival comes from heaven when heroic souls enter the conflict determined to win or die, or if need be, to win and die. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. You are the forceful saints of the living God. You cannot be stopped by a momentary uh, complacency. You cannot be stopped by, by uh, circumstances that seem like they're not producing what they should. You cannot be stopped. You press through it. You continue to put those things into practice, and you will see God's limitless power at work in your life. We declare to you, we declare to you today, saints of the living God, we will enter the great conflict time and time again to win or die, if need be, win and die. We will enter the great conflict to further our capacity for leading our families. We will enter the great conflict to further our capacity to die for our brother's vision. We will enter the great conflict to further our capacity to seek and save the lost. We will enter the great conflict to further our capacity to display the all-surpassing power of Christ. To our death, to our limits, we will tikkun olam as many times as it takes until we have mastered this globe for his glory. So tonight as we close, we want you to catch something. His power is available to you. There's nothing that you cannot do with him enabling you. So we're going to cry out. We're going to lift our hands in worship. And we're going to run headlong, expending our capacity, expending our ability so that we might get to the end of ourselves and find his limitless strength. Father, Lord, we cry out to you right now. And we thank you, Father, because of what you have made available to us, mighty God. Lord God, that when we leave this room, when we leave these doors, mighty God, we will practice the fundamentals. We will go to the ends of our capability and you will grab us. You will take us by the end and you will empower us to go where we could not go on our own. 